Well, good, good day, good day. I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am delighted and elated for all of those who are able to join us as far as our time of Bible study is concerned. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to uh, be with us on this Thursday. And we have a uh, interesting lesson that um, we're gonna be dealing with as far as our time is concerned. So uh, for those of you all who have your Bibles, I would love for you to, if you would turn to James chapter five. James chapter five, we want to study verses seven through 12. Uh, this is gonna be uh, interesting unpacking as far as our time together is concerned. Um, but before we do all that, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we sense and seek what it is that the Lord wants to glean, uh, wants us to glean as far as our time together is concerned. God, we come to you right now in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, and we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to be able to study your word. We pray now, God, that by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, that you will be in the midst of this teaching. Have your way, O oh God, with us, in us, and through us, and as you often do in spite of us. Show yourself mighty and strong, O oh God, so that we can learn what you would desire for us to learn. Do what you would have for us to do, and you get the glory out of our lives. It's in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray, and in his name we claim it done. Amen. Amen. So thank you all. I see you all are joining us in the chat. I want to, uh, I'm going to make an adjustment here as far as my uh, laptop is concerned. Uh, okay. Give this a little lift. Uh, and that looks a lot better. All right. James chapter five, we want to look at uh, verses one through 12. I mean, uh, verses uh, seven through 12. And uh, uh, if you have it, uh, we're going to mark up this particular text as far as our time together is concerned. And if you would, um, uh, be it digitally or physically in your physical Bibles, uh, Flow with us as far as today's teaching is concerned. And it reads like this. Therefore, be patient, brethren. Uh, and if you would uh, circle the word patient. Until the coming of the Lord, if you would underline that phrase coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently, if you would circle the word patiently in that, and then draw a line from that word patiently to patient at the beginning of verse seven. For it until it receives the early rain and the latter rain, if you would underline the phrase, the early and latter rain. Verse eight, you will also be patient. If you would circle the word patient, draw a line from the word patient in verse eight to the word patient in verse seven. Establish your hearts, underline that phrase, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. And if you would, again, do a double line of the phrase for the coming of the Lord is at hand. 
Verse 8. Do not grumble against one another, brethren. Circle the word grumble. Lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Verse 10. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. If you would highlight that whole verse. Highlight that whole verse. Verse 11. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job. If you would highlight that phrase, the perseverance of Job. And I want you to circle the word perseverance. And you have seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. If you would highlight the phrase compassionate and merciful. But by all, my brethren, do not swear. I want you to underline that phrase, do not swear by either heaven or earth or with any other oath. If you would underline that phrase, any other oath. And then highlight this portion of scripture, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, lest you fall into judgment. Uh, so this is going to hopefully and prayerfully be um, uh, a good in, uh, and impactful uh, time of, of sharing as far as today is concerned. Uh, let me just say, if you have any questions or comments, uh, if you would, note them in the chat um, and I can uh, see them as far as your notation in the chat and we can uh, try to deal with whatever questions and concerns that you may have, uh, particularly for this lesson that we're getting ready to, to uh, deal with right now. So guess what we're talking about, everybody? Patience. <laughs> Patience. And the cliche is patience is a virtue, and that it is. But it's something that we as people in today's culture have a hard time uh, dealing with. And part of the reason that we have a hard time dealing with it is because we live in a society that is filled with uh, instant gratification. We want everything now. Uh, we want our food now. Uh, that's why we have microwaves. Um, uh, we want information now. That's why we have the internet. But even more importantly, we want God to move now. And uh, interestingly, God does not move in the way and the manner that society thinks that God should move. And one of the ways that I really want to drill down as far as that's concerned is because Jesus departed from the earth nearly 2,000 years ago, and we're still waiting for his return. So I'm not going to lie. Patience is, is, is tough. And uh, I tell people, I say, you want to be careful about asking the Lord to give you patience, because in order for the Lord to give you patience, the Lord may have to send something your way that will develop your patience. All right. So let's let's look at 
verse seven. Therefore, be patient, brethren, brothers and sisters, be patient until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. All right. Now, this word um, patient is really a compound word in the original Greek that is basically means long suffering or long temper. It is the idea that um, you got to set the timer for your temper for a long run. It's about thinking long. It's about focusing on the final lap in the race of your life. It's, it's really having a long fuse, looking ahead for the Lord to return. So interestingly, James is saying in this, this text, therefore, my brothers and sisters, be patient until the coming of the Lord. In other words, um, engage in long suffering until the Lord returns. Now, James is also telling us James is also telling us that as we're being patient, we might have to go through some stuff, that we're to be patient in the midst of injustice, we're to be patient in the midst of our trials, we're to be patient when we don't get what we think we should get for the wrongs that have been committed against us. But here's what patience does not mean. Patience does not mean inaction or just sitting on the sideline letting anything and everything happened to you, all right? Um, um, uh, someone said, uh, thank you, Reverend Scott, for a great teaching. Can you please explain the underlying circling and highlight connection? Sure. So, uh, Connie, the reason why I have you to circle certain words is because they're the same or uh, and you can draw lines to them and it makes the text pop out to you. Um, for you to highlight certain words uh, just to uh, draw your attention to that particular text. Uh, and underline it means that that's a very important um, uh, aspect of the text I really want you to hone in on and kind of commit as far as your spirit is concerned. So that's why I have you do the circling. It's kind of sort of like the exegetical work I do when I prepare my sermons. Um, and since I'm going to be preaching this text, I kind of give you all my insight as far as what I'm going to be focusing on doing this teaching as well as 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 preaching on Sunday morning. So that's why I have you to, to do that, kind of make some things uh, pop out as far as the text is concerned. So there are certain words for me, and this is just me. You can do it another way if you you know want to do your own personal study. But for me, it's certain words that are jumping out that I really want to drill down on that hopefully and prayerfully. Um, will help me to uh, hone in as far as teaching preparation and, and sermonic preparation. So that's why I ask you all to do that. So hopefully that will answer your question, uh, Connie. All right. So let, let's get back to, to verse seven. Um, patience does not mean inaction. While we're waiting, we should be serving God. We should be caring for one another. We should be sharing the good moods. Uh, even when there's injustice taking place, we should be fighting against that injustice, uh, 
while patiently uh, hoping that the tide will turn toward justice. So even when you're going through injustice and you feel like you're not being treated right, that doesn't mean you sit on the sideline and let whatever happened to happen to you. It means that you engage in some work to try to correct uh, what you see that is going wrong as far as your reality is concerned, but also to be serving the Lord's people and the Lord's church. Okay. So um, uh, notice that, that, that James also says until the coming of the Lord, one day the world as we know it is going to come to an end. The early church back then were under the perception that Jesus was going to be returning real soon. You see it in the writings of Paul. You see it in the writings of um, Peter. You see it in the writings of James. Um, they were under the perception that Jesus Christ return was imminent, that his second coming was imminent. So they felt that whatever patience they needed to have wasn't going to be long. Interestingly, though, everybody during that time has died. Jesus Christ still has not returned as far as the second coming is concerned. So the words that James was speaking back then have application for us in 2021. We're called to be patient. Now, interestingly, and, and I want to throw this out there uh, as, a, as a caveat, um, there are some people who don't believe that the Lord is going to return. Uh, there are some people who think that's a hoax. As a matter of fact, there are some people who think that Jesus isn't resurrected from the dead and that there was no such person as Jesus. That is not, let me say this, and I want to stress this, that is not the concept and the belief of the Christian church. We don't know when Jesus is going to return, but we, will, but we believe that one day he's going to come back. And one thing we do know is that when he returns, he's going to bring justice. He's going to remove oppression. Uh, he's going to set up the tangible form of the kingdom of God. And you and I, we're called to be what? Patient. Now, I readily admit that for a lot of us, me included, patience is something that is hard to do. It's something that is hard to do. Um, um, And part of the reason that patience is so hard to do is because the society that we live in, the culture in which we find ourselves immersed is accustomed to stuff happening like this. Okay. So waiting is hard. Um, um, but James wants us to understand that even in 2021, you and I are called to have patience looking for the Lord to return. Because our faith is based on the fact 
that if Jesus says one day he's coming back, he will come back. And knowing that Jesus has already come once, just as promised, you and I should understand that one day Jesus will return and he does not come when we think he should come. He does not return, will not return when we think he should return. Because the Bible says, no man knows the hour nor the day when the son of man shall appear. So we have to what? Do the work with the sense of patience, looking for the Lord to come back. Now notice he says something in verse seven that oftentimes we take out of context. He says, see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it, it until it receives the early rain and the latter rain. And I want to take a little time to explain that because we've heard songs about the early rain and the latter rain. You may have heard people talk about the early rain and, and the latter rain. And when a lot of people talk about this aspect, they're really trying to apply it to material possessions, okay? Or to the move of God as far as our lives are concerned. But I, I, I want to, to kind of push us on that and, and give some better clarity as far as that's concerned. So when we talk about the early rain and the latter rain, check this out. It's a reversal of how we look at crops coming to fruition in the United States of America. In the United States, we plant in the spring and we harvest in the fall. Y'all with me? We plant in the spring, we work the field and we harvest in the months of August, September, October. And then winter comes. But during their times, it was different. They planted in the fall. August, September, October. And they harvest in the spring. So the early rains were considered the rains that took place in the fall to wet the seed, to wet the soil, to start the germination, the growing process, as far as uh, the field is concerned. The latter rains took place in the spring which is when they harvest. Now for us in America, and most of us that, that, that's watching this Bible study may not have engaged in farm work or agricultural work, but you have seed time or planting time and harvest time. And for us in America, seed time is springtime, harvest time is fall time. But for them, seed time was the fall and the harvest time was the spring. So it's a reversal. And if you don't understand that cultural nuance, you will make the wrong application to understanding what James is talking about. And, and it's very important because watch this. God's timing is not 
based upon our seasons. God's timing is not based upon when we think things should come to fruition. Because if we read this, we would be thinking the early rain is spring and latter rain is fall. And that is not what this text means from a historical, agricultural, or cultural perspective. So if you want to really apply the text the way that it's supposed to be applied, as far as what is, what's going on in the text, it is interesting to note that James is saying, I want you to plant, the early rain is coming in the fall, you plant in the fall, watch this, and you navigate through the winter to keep your crops alive. Summer, winter, summer, fall, winter, spring. Spring, summer, fall, winter. Now, let me drop this on y'all for free because the seasons do not are not predicated upon um, what we think they should do when it comes to the Lord preparing you for uh, your seed time as well as your harvest time. All right. Um, so what he's saying is just as the person who is planting and engaging in agricultural work, just as they wait for the rains to come, the early rain and the latter rain, that you and I have to have the patience that must be exercised and developed between the rains. Okay. In other words, you and I got to have patience between the early rain and the latter rain that while the seed is growing, you got to have patience. And this is what I want to drop on you for free. Thank you, God, for this revelation. That oftentimes, too many, you don't plant seed today and get a harvest today. It requires patience. Now, let me, if I could, I, I, I want to talk to you all about this because when I talk about you sowing seed physically, sowing seed spiritually, sowing seed financially, you don't plant today and reap a harvest today. That there is patience that you got to have in order to reap your harvest. Okay? Some of you all are being blessed in the here and now because of seed sown months or years ago. And you still continue to sow seed. All right. But I will say this, where there's no sowing of seed, there'll be nothing to be watered. And where there is nothing to be watered, there is nothing for you to gather. All right. That's my little spell right there. So so here, here, here is what, 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 what James is trying to drive home, because not only is this applicable from an agricultural perspective, but I, I wanted to drop this on you for free. Um, we got to develop patience. When you find out that you are expecting a child, you don't want that child to be born before time. Okay? Uh, you don't want that child to come prematurely. 
You want that child to go to term. You got to have patience. Am I making sense? If, if, if you are looking for someone to come visit you, you got to have patience for their travel, be it by bus, train, plane, uh, or automobile. You got to have patience. Too many of us, when we're going through health challenges, we want things to shift in that moment and the pain to go away. But as you slowly improve your health process, you got to have patience. As you develop your body and you build mud, uh, muscle, you got to have patience. Okay? And, and let's be honest, um, for a lot of us, that's a virtue that we really got to develop because we want everything in the here and now. Okay? God's way is seldom the quick way, but it's always the complete way. If you don't get nothing else, get that day. God's way is seldom the quick way, but it's always the complete and best way. All right? And that's why, and this is why we got to have patience because you can't judge God by unfinished work. If you hold on to the Lord's unchanging hand and be patient when the Lord reveals the final product, oh God, you can shout. And you ain't got to wait till you die to see some of the final product. You know, a lot of us think that, ooh, the final product could be in, 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 in heaven. And yes, that's true. In the afterlife and eternity, yes, that's true. But there's some things that God wants to bring in fruition in the here and now. But you got to have what? Patience. You got to have patience. And, 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 and again, I, I, God knows. I know exactly how a lot of us feel because patience is, 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 is I want stuff done in the here and now. It doesn't work like that. Uh, if you build a house in one day or one week, don't you go live in it. If you build a building um, in, in a month, don't, don't you go and, and, and live in it. If you try to build a church building in a month or so, uh, I wouldn't hang out there. Anything of worth and merit is going to take time. Anything of worth and merit is going to take time. So that's why we even have to be patient with one another. James is saying, you also be patient, establish your heart for, here we go again, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Now, I want to work this backwards because here is James again talking about what? The coming of the Lord. The he was thinking that Jesus was going to imminently return, all right? And so he was trying to encourage people to be patient. Now, let's look at this, this, this aspect of, of establishing your heart. The, the, the word or that phrase, um, establishing your heart, uh, does not mean establishing this muscle that is beating in your chest. 
what he is saying is, I want you to get your feelings right. <laughs> I want you to get your emotions right. I want you to get your mind right. That's what he's talking about as far as establishing your heart. And he's talking about strengthen, strengthen, um, uh, strengthen your, your heart. Um, again, he wants us to understand that as you wait for the Lord to bring to pass, what God wants to bring to pass, we got to be patient and we have to be what? Obedient. Now, none of us, even in today's society, you know, and we got a whole lot of folks trying to predict when Jesus is going to come back and all that stuff. And we've had all types of predictions ever since Jesus um, was resurrected and ascended. We've had a whole lot of folks predict or try to predict when Jesus is going to come back and they were what? Wrong. Here's what I want to impress upon you. Know and believe that one day Jesus is going to return. But while you're patiently waiting for Jesus to return, you should be serving him vigilantly. Let me say it again. While we're waiting patiently for Jesus to return, we should be serving him vigilantly. All right. Um, um, don't let the Lord return and you not be working. Don't let the Lord return and you not be serving. Don't let the Lord return. Watch this. And you're not saved. All right. You should be doing something for, for the sake of the kingdom. Um. So let's look at verse nine, because what, what James really wants to hammer home is really what I call the essence of being patient. Have you ever noticed that some of the most impatient people, they grumble and complain and criticize and fault find and and talk about the way, you know, if they had their way, things would be A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. Yeah. All right. Here is what James says. We who are saved by the blood of the lamb should not be grumbling against each other. Lest we be condemned. Why? Because the judge is standing at the door. Now, here's what James is driving home for us. James Understood. Remember, I preached about last Sunday and we had a Bible study last week. We talked about how the rich oppressors were oppressing the poor believers. And there is a connection between verses one through six and verses seven through 12 that what James is really trying to drive home is, is a couple of things. Uh, even against the rich oppressors, don't be grumbling and complaining. Uh, but put your trust in the Lord, knowing that the God you serve will eventually handle those that are oppressing you. But then he also flips the script and he wants us to understand we should not be grumbling against each other. You got persecution from the outside of the church. You got problems going on on the inside of the church. And naturally, and these had to be our distant cousins, 
people find themselves grumbling and criticizing one another. What one of the people that really come to mind, and, and I'm I'm convinced that Moses had to be a person of color because Moses, when he delivered the children from Israel, when he became God's instrument of liberation, even as the overwhelming majority of the children of Israel were happy to get to get away from under Pharaoh's whip, you had some folks that were stirring up mess, talking about let's go back to Egypt. Let's go back to what we used to have. Uh, they were grumbling against Moses and they failed to understand that as they were grumbling and mumbling and complaining against Moses, they were really grumbling, mumbling and complaining against God. James is driving home a point that he does not want our journey to be filled with resentment and bitterness toward each other because it will what mess up the unity that we need with each other to make it through our times of trial. So refraining from grumbling is really part of what it means to be patient. Now, let me drive this home for, for a lot of us right now. And, and I really want to drive it home, especially for those of us that's in leadership. You got to be you got to be careful about whom you talk to and complain with about what's going on in your life and in your church. Because folks look at you and will imitate you. And especially if you're in leadership, they'll be looking at you kind of side-eyed. When you're in leadership, it may be some stuff you don't like. And I'm not talking about you don't talk about it or deal with it, but you don't grumble about it and criticize others for it. There's a difference between facing a matter and complaining about a matter. Here's what James is trying to get us focused on. James is trying to get us to focus on a pattern of behavior that basically resembles our biblical foreparents that caused them to miss the blessings that God had for them. Okay. Don't grumble against one another. And 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 here's the thing that that really gets us in in um uh in 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 the church you know we want folks to join the church and we want folks to become part of the church but then you're dogging out those that's in your church and you're dogging out your church itself who would want to come to a place where you're always complaining who 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 wants to come to a situation and, and, and you always got something negative to say about it. And you want to take it out on others. Yeah, it's, it's so easy to complain during a, a time of extended trial and our patience is being tested. And, 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 and if we keep quiet, our smothered resentment flares up 
and it becomes natural for us to strike out. And here's what God is calling for us to do. God is calling for us to not do what is always fleshly and natural, to retaliate and take it out on others. We got to remember the nearness of God and be patient. Now, can I give y'all a secret? It's, it's hard to do that. That's why patience is a part of the fruit of the spirit. It's a slice of the fruit of the spirit. And the crazy thing about it being a part of the slice of the fruit of the spirit, and this is what a lot of folks fail to understand about the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long suffering, all, all that. There are about nine different aspects of the fruit of the spirit. And if you lack one aspect of the fruit, you don't have the whole fruit. So you can have love, but if you ain't got joy, you ain't got the whole fruit. You can have joy, but if you ain't got peace, you ain't got the whole fruit. If you can have peace, but you ain't got long suffering, you ain't got the whole fruit. You can have suffering, but if you ain't got endurance, you, you don't have the whole fruit. So what, what I'm trying to let you know is that patience is a part of the fruit of the spirit. And it's something that doesn't come naturally. That's why you got to, you know, that's why you got to pray for it. And why you got to ask God to, to give it to you. Because guess what? Remember and notice, how do we grumble? With our mouths, with our speech. And this is what we got to understand about grumbling. Remember, I've taught you all before, as far as these lessons on James is concerned, you and I are going to be judged for everything that comes out of our mouth. Go back and remember the lesson about watch your mouth and the sermon about watch your mouth. You and I are going to be judged for everything that comes out of our mouth. Grumbling against one another indicates a careless attitude of your speech. And God is standing at the door, taking it all in, and one day... We're going to be judged for it. We're going to be judged for it. So as we move forward to, to closing out this lesson, when you look at verse 10, um, James is saying, my brothers and sisters, when he talks about brethren, he's really talking about men and women of the faith. He said, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as examples of suffering and patience. Moses was patient to a point until he allowed for the children of Israel to make him so mad that when God told him, speak to the rock, he struck the rock. And uh, God said, because you didn't do what I told you to do and you let these folks get to you, you won't see the promised land. David was patient, dealing with Saul. As a matter of fact, David was patient because David was anointed to be king while he was a youngster, but did not assume the throne until years later. He was anointed to be king as a teenager and did not get to the throne until a whole lot of years later. Um, uh, Isaiah and Jeremiah, they were patient when they, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel were patient when they were sharing the prophetic words of, of God with Israel and Judah. 
the minor prophets, Amos uh, was patient, Micah was patient. Oh God, Hosea was definitely patient when his wife became a prostitute and he still loved her and he pursued her because Gomer was a physical, fleshly example of Israel's spiritual adultery toward God and Hosea was playing the role of God in pursuing them. You had to be patient because most of us would say, gone. They were examples of, of, of patience and, and long suffering. And we can even think about modern day prophets. I think about people like Harriet Tubman, <laughs> who led nearly 300 people, who led over 300 people to slavery. And she said she could have uh, gotten a whole lot more if they knew they were enslaved. Sojourner Truth had patience um, uh, as she fought for not only the rights of Black folks, but the right of her being a woman as well. Rosa Parks had to have patience to sit down on that bus so we could stand up. Martin Luther King had to have patience as his life was under constant threat. Malcolm X had to have patience. But now, notice what their patience did. Their patience did not just let them be lazy, but their patience also allowed for them to have their mind focused on something greater as they did the work of liberation and kingdom building. Patience does not mean you sit by and let stuff happen to you. If you don't get anything else, understand that patience does not mean laziness. Doesn't mean laziness. All those folks I just listed were not lazy. Now, I know some lazy folks. You know some lazy folks. It just let whatever happen happen. Patience does not mean laziness. Okay. Doesn't mean laziness. Uh, they were examples. They were examples of suffering and patience because they did their work what in the name of the Lord. Now, 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 let me get ready to really do a gut check right now because here's what James is letting us know about being patient. James is letting us know that even those who did the Lord's work went through something. They went through something. If you're going to be serious about doing the Lord's work, you will not do it unscathed. You're going to have some battle scars. And what, what, what James wants to understand is that God does not preserve us from suffering, but he preserves us in suffering. So when we respond to suffering with grumbling and complaining and yada, 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 we reveal that we don't know what God promises are all about. And when you think that patience is impossible, God reminds us of those who endured patience while he stuck with their lives. You can take it or you can leave it. But don't say that patience is impossible. I'm a living witness. 
So let me let me get to verse 11. And, and I, I got to finish this up because I want to do a little teaching on verse 11 and then clear up some things on verse 12. We'll call it today. Because notice what James says. James says, indeed, we count them blessed who endure it. You have heard of the perseverance of Job. Now notice, he didn't say you have heard of the patience of Job. He said you've heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Now, 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 I want to clear up some stuff because <laughs> here's what, how many of you all have ever heard people say, oh, you got to have the patience of Job? Anybody ever heard that? If, 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 if you heard, just, just put a hand in the chat or whatever. You got to have the patience of Job. All right. Notice this shift here that, that James is, 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 is engaging in as far as his writing is concerned. Now, he says, indeed, we count them blessed who have endured. He's referring to the who endure. You have heard of the patience or the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord. Job was highly revered by the Israelites. The Lord honored Job's perseverance with multiplied blessings. Read Job chapter 42. As a matter of fact, read all of Job one day when you have time. You will see that Job did not have patience. Starting at verse 5, he, he's rumbling and 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 going off on his friends and going off on God and all that stuff but he had perseverance he had endurance he had endurance he he had endurance job endured while he was steadfast though he was impatient with God Let me say it again. Job endured. That's what perseverance is. It means it means to endure, to hang in there. Even though he was impatient, he did not give up on God. Now, here's the reason why this is dropped here. I believe, and let me, if I could, just give you my hermeneutical interpretation. Because for a lot of us, for a lot of us, Patience may be an issue, but we hang in there with God regardless. So I believe that Job is dropped here as a wonderful biblical example for those of us that may not necessarily have patience, but we have endurance, even though we're complaining, we ain't letting go of God. Now, let's be honest. That's where a whole lot of us, as far as the human equation is concerned dealing with sin and all this other stuff. Most of us fall right there. Don't like what's going on. We complain and we criticize them, but guess what? We ain't gonna let go of God. The beautiful thing is that when God shifts us, thank you God for this revelation, from just persevering or enduring to doing it with a level of patience. Because when we make the shift from 
persevering and enduring to doing it with the level of patience. Your light moves from being a little light on your phone to becoming to becoming a light on a pole that lights up a street. When you make that shift from just persevering to being patient, the light of God in your life becomes even brighter. Now, let's be honest. When you're in the dark, any kind of light works. I mean, when you're in the dark, you'd be glad to have, 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 have a light on your phone. But don't be trying to do major work with a light on your phone. Okay? So, so, so Job wasn't patient, but he persevered. And because Job persevered, the Lord blessed him with double of what he had prior to Satan taking it all away. Okay. Many of the prophets persevere. As, as a matter of fact, Elijah, you know, that, that Elijah complained against God. There were times Elijah wasn't patient, but he persevered. Elijah was complaining against God, going like, you know, I did all this work. Ain't nobody out here but me. And God said, shut up. I got 7,000 prophets that have not bowed down to the feet of Baal and not followed the ways of Jezebel and Ahab. That's why, watch this. That's why patience is part of the fruit of the spirit because you really can't have patience in a meaningful, godly way unless you have the spirit. And then in verse 12, he says, but above all, my brothers and sisters, don't swear by either heaven or earth or with any other oath. Let your yes be yes and let your no be no, lest you fall into the judgment. Now, here's where I want to, to, to clear up some things. Because what James is, is, is saying is, First of all, stop taking the Lord's name in vain. That's, 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 you know, that's part of the commandments, y'all. Thou shalt not take the Lord thy God's name in vain. All right. Now, let me clear up some things because somebody, some folks take this verse and they make it, they make it, applicable to making oaths in court, you know, when you have to go to court and you have to um, um, put your hand on the Bible and swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but truth. Um, um, that is not what James is talking about. Okay. That is not what James is talking about. Um, what James is talking about here is cavalierly injecting the name of God to substantiate a promise that you know you ain't going to keep. So 
what he wanted people to stop doing was that when you say you're going to do something, say, oh, I swear for God. You know, folks do that. Oh, I swear on my mama's grave, whatever. What, what, what James is saying is stop doing that. That, that. that stop making disrespectful and arrogant verbal agreements that they themselves could be reversed by some legal technicality. You and I as Christians should not need an oath in order to guarantee that our yes is yes and our no is no. So when he talks about swearing and taking oaths, he is talking about those oaths being used in casual conversation, not formal oaths that are taken in a court of law. Because the legal oath that you take is intended to bind you to not commit perjury. Because perjury is a serious offense. So, so most biblical scholars conclude that James does not require us to refuse to take oaths in, in court. Uh, but what James is saying is that let your yes mean yes and let your no mean no. So in our everyday conversation, we sh should have such integrity that if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. God willing. Okay. Uh, uh, if I say that I'm gonna, that I'm gonna, you know, visit you, then you gotta make that happen. Let your yes mean yes. Let your no mean no. You don't have to strengthen your words with an oath. Cause guess what? Remember what I said. God is gonna hold everything we say in the judgment okay you and i should as followers of jesus christ um should be like that let and and and, and let me close with this back in the day a person's word was their bond and you sealed it what with a handshake back during the old testament time they should seal their covenants with blood all right. What James is saying, you ain't got to do none of that. Let your yes mean yes, your no mean no. And if you avoid lies and half truths and omissions of truths, you'll become known as a trustworthy person where folks say, if so-and-so said it, then I'm, I, I take it. And, and, and that's, watch this, and that adds to your witness when you share who Jesus Christ is because if folks can't trust you in everyday normal conversation, you know, they can't trust you when it comes to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. So just be honest with others that they will know that your yes is yes. And your no means no. Well, um, that concludes this, this, this time of, of, of sharing, um, before we close out, I just want to see, are there any um, questions, if you would like to uh, share them, um, uh, you can do that at this time before I close out. Any questions?
Any questions? If not, um, I, I hope this time together has been uh, a blessing and has cleared up some some perceptions uh, with dealing with oaks as well as the aspect of patience. Um, as we continue to grow in our walk with God, that God will help us to develop uh, patience that will allow for us to shine the light of God in our lives even brighter. Uh, just want to let you know that that if you so desire at this time to give, you have the wonderful capacity to do that. You can give um, either by mailing your check or money order to the church at uh, 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205, or you can drop off your check, cash, or money order here at church. Uh, just call the church office first to make sure that someone is here to receive your offering at 704-334-5309. You can also uh, go to our website and through Church Life or ACS, give in that manner. And then you can give through the app called Giplify. Uh, if you don't have that app on your smart device, download that app, connect to your favorite credit card, and, and in three clicks, you can, you can give. You can give. So as uh, we ask that you would give at this time, if you feel so led, um, I want to close us out in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for um, this time. And we pray, God, that you will uh, allow for one of the slices of the fruit of your spirit patience uh, to continue to be developed in us that need it. God, there are those of us who persevere and endure, but also at the same time, we complain and we grumble and we criticize. And as you continue to work on our spirits, uh, you're shifting that stuff from us. I know I've been guilty of that myself. And um, I'm not going to let go of you, but God, I know there have been times when you haven't been pleased with me grumbling and complaining and criticizing. Um, and so I, I admit that in this moment of transparency, help me do better. And those that may be listening, help them to do better as well. Uh, it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen, God bless you all. Uh, uh, have uh, uh, a great weekend. Uh, look forward to seeing those that will join us uh, online Sunday morning on our Zoom congregation or in our physical space here at 1401 Allen Street. Just want to let you know that for those that don't know, our church is open and we're doing um, major safety protocols to make sure you remain safe. So if you want to come to church on Sunday morning, you're more than welcome to do that. Listen, take care and be blessed.